Oh, hi, my name is Becky. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to start with the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. Uh, Y'all look so nice this morning. I hope everybody's had as good a time as I have had. Um, I'm very tired. I don't want to miss anything when I come to these. Um, I volunteered to speak because I know it's part of service. It's very hard for me to get up and speak, and I'm very, very nervous. Uh, The topic I'm speaking on is butterflies, and I have enough (laughs) of them in my stomach (laughs) right now to fill this room. Uh, So I just ask that you bear with me and know that I'm fairly new at speaking, and it's something that in itself is a miracle that I'm up here. So uh, my topic is butterflies are free, the best I can be in 83. Um, I imagine everybody that's been <coughs> in Overeaters Anonymous has somewhere along the line heard the butterfly story, but just in case you haven't, I brought it with me and I want to share it with you to get us started. Has everyone heard it? Oh, great, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Whenever we see a fuzzy caterpillar, it is hard to believe that someday this ugly, crawling little creature will one day soar on wings as bright as any flower. Before this change comes about, the fuzzy little worm withdraws from his caterpillar world, finds itself a place alone, and painfully, with much struggling, wraps itself tightly into a cocoon of its own making. It seals itself off from the world. Time passes, and gradually a crevice appears in its hard outer layer, and finally a new creature emerges. Quite a different little creature, too. It begins to flutter its wings, and become familiar with its new surroundings, going from flower to flower, gathering up strength from each one, and at the same time leaves the pollen that it has gathered up from every other flower it has visited, thus enabling the flowers to make seeds and be born again. Compulsive overeaters have much in common with the butterfly. Time was when we were unlovely creatures too. Then we find a program of recovery, others with the same disease. We share with each other and gather strength and hope. Soon we come out of our little cage into the light. We go through our growing pains and emerge very different creatures also. Then we carry to others what we have found. And as we go to others, we are strengthened by them. And in turn, we leave with each one some of what the others have given to us. The butterfly is a spiritual symbol. It represents transformation, beauty, fragility, and has been described as the kiss of God. The butterfly surrenders to change and emerges beautiful and free. When the compulsive overeater surrenders to a program, is reborn, and a butterfly emerges. And butterflies are free. So um, I'd like to pass my pictures. Uh, From my high weight, I've lost 122 pounds. Thank you. Um, Okay, okay, thank you. Um, I'll just tell, I'd like to tell a little bit about how I've changed. I became a butterfly. I, since I've been in OA, I know when I first walked in the meeting, there was paper butterflies everywhere, and then I, found, I heard the butterfly story. And ever since then, every butterfly catches my eye. I have about five pair of butterfly earrings, about ten butterfly pins. All my coffee cups have butterflies on them. There's butterfly pictures all over the house. Um, I think the story is very beautiful, and I think it says a lot. Um, we work this program... When we become free, we're free to be honest with ourselves and others. We're free to make choices. And I think you have to choose which program you want to work. You need to choose your abstinence. Abstinence is the best thing that you can ever do for yourself. It's the best gift that you can give yourself. Um, when I came into program, I had already lost some weight. from a, I was going to a diet club, and I um, had lost... 55 pounds going to it and weighing in and it was working for a while but then the weigh-in stopped working and I had gained back about 20 pounds and I decided to quit because I was losing weight but I wasn't happy Um, I wasn't doing it very healthily and I knew this was not what I needed or wanted in my life Um, I have had a weight problem most of my life but as I was growing up, the most I ever was overweight was about um, maybe 30 pounds. And that was all through grade school and high school. And I'd lose and gain, lose and gain, lose and gain. Um, 
I went all through school being made fun of and called Fat Soul and Piggle and all those cute little names that all those mean little boys and girls call you when you're overweight. I hated it. I didn't like the way it made me feel, but yet I couldn't. I knew what made me be that way. It was the food, but yet it was, I wasn't willing or ready to give it up. So I turned to it to soothe my hurt feelings. Um, my story is not unique. I'm just a compulsive overeater. Uh, we have a lady in our meeting who said she's a compulsive overeater of the worst kind. And um, I, that's the way I feel I was, too. Um, food became, for me, it was a habit. I enjoyed the taste of food. I don't think there's any deep-rooted deep reason why I overate. Um, I married at a young age. I lived in the city all my life. When we moved out in the country. There were no neighbors. There's no people. I was isolated. My husband was working a, a second shift, and I come home from work, and there was nothing really to do except I was lonely and no one to talk to. I turned on the TV and started eating, and it became a habit. One went with the other. Um, it eased my loneliness. It uh, filled some time. It gave me something to do, and. I did a lot of my biggest binge time was at night. Uh, I too, I've heard a lot this week, and people wondered why you had a weight problem because no one ever really saw me overeat. I did it late at night when I'd get up maybe after my husband was asleep, and I'd eat thin. Uh, I didn't like the way it made me feel. I didn't like when I get up in the morning, I'd be so miserable to go to work, and my clothes wouldn't fit good, and I'd say, "Okay, this is it. <laughs> no more of this. I'm going to start a diet." tomorrow and um, overeat that night again I, I remember I go to bed many many nights crying um, not liking myself because as soon as I got married I did I started gaining and I started gaining quite rapidly and um, I was at my high weight for several years um, I don't have any reason I knew what was making me look the way I did but I just wasn't ready to give it up. I thought that some morning I would wake up and some miracle would have happened overnight that I didn't want the food anymore, that I could live without it, and that I would start the perfect magical diet and it would all just come off very easily and very fast and I would someday be thin and I wouldn't have any problems anymore. And that's just not the way it happened. Um, I tried diets, all kind of diets, you name it, I think I tried it. Um, I'd buy the magazines if they said diet. I'd take them home and read them. Usually was eating while I was reading them. Um, I could maybe stay on a diet a week or two at the most, and then it was over. I'd get discouraged if the pounds didn't just fall off right away. My family was very concerned about my weight. Uh, they love me. They care about me. and But yet that hurt me that I felt like, I remember I always was saying to them, why can't you just accept me the way I am? I'm fat. I like the way I am. I, I tried to convince myself of that. Uh, but they saw through me, they loved me, and they knew me and knew that I couldn't really be happy looking the way I did. Um, my husband didn't seem to object to my being overweight. He always would say there's just more there to love. and. Um, so that gave me a good excuse not to really worry about I'm married now. I don't have to worry about how I look. And so it gave me a good reason to eat. And I turned to the food to get me through any situation. Food was a reason to celebrate. If I was upset or angry, I turned to the food until I didn't feel anger. There wasn't a problem after I was so full I couldn't feel anything. I think, what was I upset about? I couldn't even remember. Um, food was my closest and dearest friends at that time, I've stayed, like I said, I'm, I'm very nervous speaking, but I've always been a very outgoing person. I love people. I love meeting people. The hugging, in a way, that was, I loved it. I came from a very loving family. We were always very affectionate with each other. Uh, I like meeting new people. And I was always the laugh of the crowd, the joke party. I made jokes about myself before someone else had a chance to. I was a clown. Um, everybody thought, yeah, being overweight doesn't bother Becky. She seems to enjoy it. She, she's a jolly fat person. She likes it. She's accepted herself. 
and that's the way I wanted people to feel. No one knew, not even my husband, how much I was hurting inside. Um, I was raised in church, so the spiritual concept of OA came very easy for me. But yet, as a Christian, you're supposed to love yourself. And I didn't, but I still wouldn't face that. But yet it got to the point when I looked like I did in the pictures. You have to look at yourself occasionally when you're washing your face or when you're taking off makeup or putting it on. And I would look at myself and I'd say, that's not me. This isn't me. But I'm in there somewhere. Those are my eyes. <laughs> somewhere in there. I, I know I'm trapped in this body. And that's the way I felt. I felt trapped inside a body of fat. And um, I knew what to do. I knew to cut down, to eat sensibly. But it seemed impossible. As I reached my high weight, the idea of losing 120 some odd pounds seemed absolutely impossible. It just was something that couldn't be done. At least I knew I couldn't do it. If you count the amount of pounds I've lost over the last few years, I've probably lost 4,500 pounds because I lose the same 5 and 10 over and over and over. You know, they say every time you lose weight and gain it back, you add that many more fat cells to your system and you never lose them. So I know I have so many <laughs> fat cells in my body that are just trapped in there too. I would watch TV and see the actresses and the commercials and think, wow, that'd be so nice to look like that and to feel pretty, feel feminine, which was something I definitely did not feel. I just always felt like a blimp with legs because <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. I went to buy clothes. It was a very nervous experience. I'd go in, I'd say, what do you have that fits? And if, I, if it fit me and looked halfway decent, I bought it, whether I really liked the design or not. Um, Shopping is a whole new experience for me. I enjoy it, but it's very frustrating. There's so many choices to make. <laughs> and the money is, well, <laughs> you can go wild. You can change compulsions. Um, but so I tried diets. I went to diet clubs. I tried di uh, pills. I didn't try the shots. I considered um, the stapling in the ear. I considered hypnosis, uh, but I never did go through with those. Um, finally, I started admitting to myself that this was not the way I wanted to live the rest of my life. So I tried one last diet club. I thought that my aunt had had a lot of success with it, and I thought maybe I could too. So I went, and like I say, for a while the weigh-ins worked and uh, uh, trying to collect the charm bracelet and all that. The games worked for a while, and I enjoyed it, and I was losing, but I wasn't doing it very sensibly. I was binging and starving is what I was doing. And finally, like I said, the weigh-in stopped working, and I started gaining again. And before I quit, before I realized it, I had gained back 20 of what I had lost. So here I was with a 35-pound weight loss, still as miserable as before, not really being able to tell a difference. When you're that size, it takes quite a few pounds to lose before you can notice. And hating myself more than I'd ever hated myself. I, like I said, I lost 35 pounds. I would have thought before that would have made me very happy, but I wasn't. I was miserable, and I didn't want to go on. I, uh, the doctors had told me at one point that I couldn't have any children. We had tried for several years to have a child, and I couldn't have one. I had tests, and they said, I, hello. <laughs> they said um, from the test that I couldn't have, would be very unlikely that I would ever conceive a child. So I'd accepted that fact, and before long I found out I was going to have a baby. I have a very beautiful little boy. He'll be four Thursday. Um, thank you. I was at my high weight in the pictures before, when I found out I was pregnant, and then right afterwards, because the doctors warned me at that size I'd better not gain much weight during the pregnancy. So that was the only time in my life that I sort of really restricted and watched what I did because I was I wanted that baby more than anything else. So, and I was able to have him Lamaz, and it was a very beautiful experience. And he is definitely the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Uh, we're very proud of him, and I thank God because I know he's a miracle, also, and I consider myself a miracle now. Uh, I after he was born. I wanted to lose weight for myself, but I also wanted to lose weight for him because I thought I could be the best person I could be if I was thin. I thought thin, just thin, was the answer. Uh, at this point, still never realizing I had a problem. I thought I just loved food too much and couldn't leave it alone. 
so like I said I, he was well I've been in OA now for I don't know if I said this and I've been in OA for about a year and a half from the time I started abstinence um, I worked the how concept I eat three meals a day with nothing in between no sugars or starches at all and I have I think 500 and 22 days of back-to-back -back absence. I haven't had a slip yet since I started the program. <laughs> they tease me at my meeting because I keep track of the days. <laughs> so, um, but I'm proud of it because it's definitely an accomplishment that I know I couldn't have done alone without God and without a way. Um, so finally, one night after I probably eating a full meal, a full three meals, and probably snacking in between. I was just watching a late show, eating a snack. And after I finished the snack, I would never allow myself to really notice how much I had eaten. But that night, something was different. And I, as I was cleaning up my mess, I started counting and really realizing just how much I had consumed. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I thought, this is not normal. <laughs> No, of course, you know, the grandiose, no one else does this. <laughs> no one does these things at all. Uh, one thing that was sort of my, everybody has a horror story. Mine was, there was a, on the county road that I lived on, there was this place that was kind of convenient. It was a slope down, and I would, at, you know, buy something at the store and eat it on the way home and want to finish it before I got home, and I would want to get rid of the evidence, so I would pull off to the very, you know, the edge of this, and I'd throw, you know, roll my window down and throw all the paper out the window. And one night coming home, my headlights hit a sign, and I thought, what is that? And it said landfill. <laughs> I started a landfill. <laughs> well, uh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, part of, I'll always be a part of Posey County. <laughs> and so other people started after that, so all mine's well covered up by now. Um, I couldn't believe all that I had just consumed, and I, I thought, for the first time, I, you know, of course, being a Christian, I'd always ask God before I go somewhere where I knew there'd be food. Okay, God, give me willpower. And then I get there and I'd see the food. You know, God, you know, cancel the prayer. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, I, you know, they've got, you know, they made these things just for me. These are my favorite goodies. You know, one more time won't hurt, and then tomorrow I'll cut down and make up for it. You know, you know, you know how that goes. Does it just sound familiar to any of you? <laughs> I didn't think it would. Okay. Um, so for the first time, I seriously asked God to help me. And I got down on my knees and I started praying, God, I need help. This is not, I'm not a normal person. This is, I'm out of control. This is sick, what I'm doing. And I asked God, I was asking God for help, and I just say what happened. God gave the words Overeaters Anonymous to me. The words were just there. They were in my mind, and I said the words Overeaters Anonymous. I never heard of Overeaters Anonymous before. So I got up and looked in the phone book, and it wasn't in there, And which we do have it in the phone book. This last year we got our hotline put in. So I called information. This was, around, this, was around, this was around 1 in the morning. I called information, you know, and I said, do you have a phone number for something called Overeaters Anonymous? And she said, yes, we do. And I said, okay, what is it? And she just... She probably had a computer right there, but I like to think she was waiting for me to call. <laughs> she just, you know, gave me the number, just read it right off, and I wrote it down, and I called it and listened, not knowing what to expect. I didn't know if it'd be a recording or if it'd be somebody, you know, answering, which it was recording, and it said, you know, if you want information, leave your name and your first name and phone number. And I hung up, but I sort of got, a, I felt no, no. I asked God for help. I'm going to call back, and I called and I left my name and number, and hung up and went to bed. Uh, the next morning, I thought, you know, did I really do that last night? Did I call someplace called Overeaters Anonymous? And I got a phone call about noon, and it was a very sweet lady. She called, and this was on a Monday morning. She said, uh, we have a meeting tonight. Why don't you come? And she told me where it was. So I thought, okay, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll be there. I went in. I didn't know what to expect. This was early in December. It was cold and dreary. And I walked in this, we have our meetings in the school basement. And all I can say is when I walked in that room, I felt such a warmth and a love in that place. And I knew this was not a diet club. This was definitely something different. And I couldn't believe it. And I thought God did give me an answer to my prayer. 
this is what I want. And I listened, I heard everything, but yet, too, at the same time, I knew that Christmas was just, you know, right around the corner. So <laughs> I thought, yeah, you know, I listened to the steps, the traditions, the concept, everything that was read. God was in all of them. I sat there, wow, you know, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the program for me. But I, I looked at the food program, yeah, yeah person can't live on this but I think I can add a little bit here and there and and you know I'll lose weight with doing this and that yeah this is really the things I heard were fantastic I loved it and I went to they said at the end of the meeting keep coming back and you know I'm pretty obliging I'm, okay okay so I came back um, someone said at the second meeting that once you know about OA once you've heard it you'll never enjoy eating again <laughs> Well, it's, okay, Christmas was the next couple of days after that. I thought, I'll prove her wrong. <laughs> My aunt makes those things just for me. So I went to Christmas Eve, you know, the, the, the rounds that night, and I thought I was going to prove her wrong. Well, I ate. But I didn't enjoy it because guilt <laughs> was just, you know, God was reminding me all the time that you asked me for help, I gave you an answer, and you're pushing it away. So I went to the meeting between Christmas and New Year's and in our family New Year's is like Thanksgiving and Christmas combined because it's my grandfather's birthday and family come in from all over and they bring everything and I thought that Monday night meeting if I don't do something before New Year's I won't because I don't think I can get through that holiday I didn't make it through Christmas I felt bad about that I kept thinking if I you know if I started at Christmas that would really be something neat to say that I got an abstinence and stayed on it um, I went to the meeting that night. I listened. I kept saying, at the break, I'm going to take a sponsor. I'm going to take a sponsor. I already had mine, who I wanted, the person who led that first meeting. I felt that since I knew God had sent me there, I felt she was the one to be my sponsor. But I didn't ask her. And at break, I bought a pamphlet and I stuck it in my purse. And I left the meeting thinking, I didn't take a sponsor. Why did I take a sponsor? And that night, I was in such turmoil. My mind was like a war ground. I knew I needed this program, but yet I wasn't willing. I didn't think I could live without sugar and starch in my life. I just didn't think it was humanly possible to not eat and indulge and not treat yourself occasionally. Uh, the next morning, I woke up very restless. I remembered the pamphlet in my purse, and I got out and read it. It was the one... I share this with all of you, but I do feel this pamphlet was written with me in mind. And it's just, it's, it was written just for me. It's the one that's before you take that first compulsive bite, remember. Everybody else probably feels the same way. But uh, when I read that, suddenly everything became clear. Everything I wanted was in that pamphlet. I wanted peace of mind. I wanted to like myself. I thought maybe once I liked myself, maybe I could start loving myself. Um, I wanted self-respect. I wanted all of those things that that pamphlet told me I could have by just not taking one little bite. And I really identified with the part about the when you see a handicapped person. I uh, worked for a while with hand, with deaf students, and I loved it. And I would always leave them thinking, boy, you know, I don't have any problems, and here I'm worried about my food problem when I can. That's something that I can handle or should be able to handle when these poor children can't do anything about their problem. So everything I wanted was in that pamphlet, and it seemed so simple. And suddenly, the answer was clear. I knew I had to commit myself to this program. I couldn't wait till 5.30 when I knew that this lady would be home from work. I called her, and I said, I'm ready to commit myself to this food program. And at that moment, I just felt like the burden was lifted. I feel that God gave me a beautiful gift of abstinence, and I know that as an adult, I choose what I eat and how much I eat, but I feel as long as I choose to work this program and the whole program, the steps, the tradition, the steps, the service, the tools, as long as I choose to work it, that he's going to make it easier for me. He's going, I feel that he keeps the desire alive within me to work it, to help others. I feel like if I can help one person, save them from the anguish that I went through, then it's my abstinence is worth it all. Uh, I started I started that night, but I started day one. The next the next day was my first day of abstinence. The third day <clears throat> the third day of abstinence was January first, New Year's Day. I took my great sheet abstinent meal with me and sit at the table with all the other food. 
And the whole family's, oh my goodness, Becky's on another diet. <laughs> It'll probably last till dessert. Um, when dessert time came, I took my list of phone numbers and I went and made phone calls. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, that morning, a very special lady in program called me and read January 1st in good news to me, and that, I know, got me through the day because that was beautiful. And um, I have been absent ever since. I live, thank you. I live a day at a time. I know it's the only way to survive on abstinence. Uh, my first, the first vacation I went to, I, there were two days that I had to take it. For the next five minutes, I will be abstinent. For the next two minutes, I will remain abstinent. God help me get through the next five minutes. I have been, I don't feel, it's going to take a while, I think, for me to feel slim or thin. I don't feel that. I still feel you know, a lot of it's up here, but I, I know it's going to take time. I definitely feel better. I feel good. Um, I um, know it's going, a lot of that's, that's going to come with time. But I, I always thought, like I say, thin was the answer. Life isn't perfect when you're on absence because usually the reason we turned to the food was because of problems. We didn't want to face them and deal with them. I feel that you can be the best person you can be in 83 and any time by remaining abstinent, whatever your abstinence is. When you, and with God's help, are in control of what you're doing, you're going to handle any situation better. I've gone through a family tragedy. I've gone through some personal crisis in my life. I've had three surgeries since I've been on abstinence. Got through them. I whizzed right through them. Didn't have any problems at all with uh, Hospital time was always a big binge time for me if I was ever in the hospital for any reason. Each time I went through something, I came out a much stronger person on program. You can deal with <coughs> any problem better when you're on abstinence because you're not escaping, you're not running, you're facing them. And it's pretty scary. To problems for the first time in my life on my own and with God's help because I know I can't do it alone God has to come first in my life God is the most important thing in my life without exception abstinence is the best thing I can do for myself it's the best gift I can ever give myself um, I think you can be the best person you'll want to be for yourself when you're happy with yourself, when you have peace of mind and you can love yourself and others can love you easier, I still, you know, I thought being absent being thin and I, you know, I'd never have any problems. My son, he'd always be the perfect little thing. You know, there'd never be any problems at all, but they still happen, but I get through them better and I deal with them. And my son, uh, a few months ago, I've been on maintenance. I'm a maintenance sponsor now. I've been a maintenance sponsor, I think, about three months. Uh, I've been maintaining this weight love this size for about I guess four months now I'm not sure exactly but thank you he came in on me and uh, here a while back and he said mommy you're, you look skinny <laughs> and my eyes fill with tears because I know at this that point if it, with his age that he would have come in and said mommy you're fat <laughs> and I think that would have broke my heart and I was so thankful I, I just said thank you God for bringing me to OA, for giving me this beautiful program and these people. I love the meetings. I love the people. I love crossing my legs down again for the first time. <laughs> that was a whole new experience. I had forgotten how nice it was. Um, it's fun shopping. It's nice feeling feminine. It's all new. Um, I like me, and I even kind of love myself a little now, and I know my family is very proud of me. Um, I think my husband didn't quite know what to think about this new person, <laughs> um, especially when I'm on the phone a lot and going to these places. He's, we work at it. We're dealing with all problems a day at a time. You can apply that to everything in your life. You can give anything, any problem in your life, you can turn it over and give it to God. He's with you at all times. And um, it's been easier than I thought because all of you, I feel such love and support from each and every one of you. And um, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I came. And I like to end it. I have never written a poem in my life. 
I didn't really set out to write this one. God gave it to me. I think he gave it to me to share. I love telling my story, even though it's very hard for me. I've spoke several places. I went spoke in Chicago in February, and I, I tell people, and I think, why did I say that? If you're interested in a guest speaker, let me know. <laughs> but I, I enjoy it. I, it's all part of service. I feel like I have to give away what I have to keep it. And um, I love it. And if you live a day at a time and work this program, so I'd like to share this with you to close. It's, I call it my way way. I came to this place sometime in December. The exact date, I don't remember. Someone asked, are you looking for a way? I said, yes. So she showed me the way. I listened in the meeting and tears filled my eyes. I knew God had sent me here. To me, this was no surprise. For I'd asked him for help. My eating was out of control. I needed someone to show me the way out of my deep, fat-covered hole. I knew this program was special, and I didn't want to fail it, as I've always done in the past. So I didn't want to start it until I was ready to make it last. I read, I prayed, I searched my soul. Finally, I knew I had to give it a go. I asked a special someone to tell me what to do. and She said, you don't have to have a slip. This program can really work for you. I can't believe how my life has changed since I'm living the OA way. I thank God for this special program every single day. Abstinence is not a diet. It's my whole new way of life. It's made me a healthier, happier person and a better mother, daughter, and a wife. So if you're disgusted, sick, and tired of being a compulsive overeater and all that it implies, don't be sad. Don't be blue. Just get wise. Work this program. Take the steps and live them day by day. Then you too can find happiness and peace of mind by living the OA way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank God for <laughs> uh, I'm going to open for a sharing. Anybody like to share anything? Butterfly story or just <laughs> how you how you have become a new and better person. Does anybody have anything? I'm short. Hi, my name is Linda and I'm a compulsive overeater. And this is falling. Um, butterflies are free, you know. I came into program not exactly free, and most of it had to do at that point in time with my body image. But, you know, the thing that I wanted to come up here and share is, you know, we want to be free. And we have this group of safe, supportive people called OA. But you know what? There's a whole world out there besides that. I see OA as a safe place, a testing ground. The first bathing suit I wore in 20 years was at an OA uh, assembly. I'm one of the regional reps for Greater Detroit. I could not have put on that bathing suit and wore it in public, but I could with you people. But you know what? Even with you people, it wasn't safe. The first time I went to the pool was 3 o'clock in the morning with two OA friends holding my hand. The pool closed at 9, and I didn't figure there'd be a lot of people there at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was nauseated going to the pool, frightened. And, um, but I went. The next day I went with OA friends again in the middle of the afternoon. My husband had the audacity a short time later. And I'd lost over 100 pounds by then. My bathing suit was a size 10. Um, my husband asked me, he said, well, you're only going to swim with your fat friends. You know, when are you going to come to the beach with me and the boys? I was so pissed. I mean, how dare you? You know, look at this growth. Appreciate it, you know. And I went to my sponsor expecting him to say, well, you know, what an insensitive oaf. Of course you can't do something like that. And instead he said, well, when are you going? Mm. And he said, exactly how happy, joyous, and free is it if you can't wear a bathing suit in public? Mm. I said, I'm not ready. He said, okay, I'll buy that. When will you be ready? I don't know. 
He said, well, when you're ready, I'll come to the old folks' home with the wheelchair and I'll roll you down to the beach. Um, I wanted to hit him. It was like, ooh, you know. And I knew he was right. You know, we can come in and we can do all sorts of things within this fellowship, but you can't live 24 hours in the protection of OA. And if you don't have the courage to take what you learn here outside of these walls, how free are you? How free is it if I can only swim with my OA friends? I went to the beach, cried all the way. Uh, I was afraid, I came into program because my oldest son was ashamed of me. And uh, I was afraid that he'd feel that way at the beach too. He didn't, only my pride. And I want to tell you today that it's no matter what's going on in your life, you gotta go for it. I have some people I sponsor that things are hard for them. I can remember when I didn't want to dance because I was afraid my fat might shake. You know what? If that's the way you feel, it'll never be all right to dance because you'll always be afraid your fat's going to shake. I don't care if you get down to a size 5 or if you stay a size 55. It's a head trip. If you want freedom, if you want to know freedom, nobody can give it to you. You have to be willing to go for it. If I hadn't gone to the pool that first time at 3 o'clock in the morning, I wouldn't know the freedom that I know now. We go to the beach all the time. And you know, one thing that amazed me when I got there, I expected everyone to be their bronze goddess, you know, like out of Playboy. There's a lot of normal. There's a lot of fat. There's a lot of, you know, not-so-hot-looking people there. I don't know where they were in my childhood. They weren't at the beaches then, you know. Um, <laughs> stop and look around. You know, whatever it is that's going on in your life that keeps your ego feeling like you can't go for it, get rid of it. You know, any time anyone's asked me to do service of any level, oh, I can't do that. Because I knew each one of you were better at it. I didn't have the courage. And until you go for it, it never gets any better. Last year at the region convention, I did a strip for, in a body image thing. And I was so nauseated. And my sponsor said, Classy, I don't understand. You know you're going to do it. He said, I've never seen such willingness. You have the courage to go for it. So why are you standing here and crying? You get, you're going to do it. It's not like you're trying to decide whether you're not or whether you are. You can either do it happy, joyous, and free or kicking and screaming. But I know you have the courage to do it. I don't care if you do it kicking and screaming. I went with the person that I sponsored to buy a hat because she felt that she wasn't pretty enough to wear a hat. I said, I'll go with you. We spent all day shopping for that hat. I told her, I'll be there the first time you wear it. When do you want to wear it? I'll be there. I'll hold your hand. And I did. We went to church one Sunday morning together. She doesn't need me to wear that hat anymore. She doesn't need to wear it with only OA people either. And this doesn't just apply to, to um, body image or that sort of thing. Anything in your life that you really kind of secretly would like to do and haven't had the courage, go for it. I don't care what size you are. It's never going to get any easier until you do it. And once you do it the first time, the second time is better. And the third time is easier. And a year down the road, somebody will say something and, and it's like, oh yeah? You know, the, I don't know, I think one of the big things in always for the women is when you start tucking in your blouse and wearing a belt, you know? <coughs> And last year at the Region Convention, I wore a sweater outside with a belt. And I said to my sponsor, check it out. And he said, what's the big deal? I said, I've got a sweater outside with a belt. And he said, oh, well, you wear a belt so much, I, I never realized. He had already taken it for granted. It was still something that I was learning to do. And it's like six months later, it's no big thing because you have a new big thing in your life. And if you don't have the courage to go for it, you have no freedom. No freedom. And what kind of a butterfly can you be if you're only able to walk on the ground? Butterflies are meant to be free to fly. And you're the only one that can give yourself that freedom. Your sponsor can hold your hand and walk you through it. And your higher power can give you the willingness and the courage if you ask. If you don't ask, he's not going to take the time and effort to help you. There's all these other people that are asking. If you don't let your sponsor know you need help, they're not going to know that. They're not going to know that it's a problem for you to wear a bathing suit or to dance or to bowl or to get up in front of people and talk or to buy a hat or anything else or to wear a belt. 
Let them know. You know, we reach out to each other hand in hand. And I believe that in this fellowship with our higher power and our sponsors, not anything that we can't do. And if you want to be free, then you got to go for it. Thank you. Morning. My name is Leon. I'm a compulsive reader, alcoholic. Hi, uh, Last week, and my uh, my little niece uh, graduated from uh, high school, and uh, I remember the uh, class model that the that they had for their class, and I've kind of accepted it as part of my program. It simply is: uh, we shall never fear tomorrow, for we have lived through yesterday and love today. Bless you. Thank you all. My name is Pat, and I'm scared to death. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm from Cincinnati. And uh, I, uh, this bathing suit thing is the... Uh, I'm, I'm insane first. Nobody here knew this. That's, uh, I guess what I want to say is that I've... Uh, I've been in and around the program for five years. I've been abstinent for 20 months. And God, I didn't do anything. God did it for me. It's a gift. But um, I wore bathing suits a year ago without the turmoil. This past week, my husband and I went on a little vacation. I was getting out of the shower one day, and I looked down, and I saw this wrinkled, flabby leg. And... uh, I guess I'm so nearsighted that I just never noticed before. <laughs> and I, I got um, paranoid. Nobody here knows how that feels. Uh, and so I developed, at first, I had this deep sorrow because I've been a yo-yo since the age 13. I've lost 100 pounds in 10 months. I've lost 80, 90, 70, 60, 50, this time 95. But for the first time in my life, I'm maintaining a weight. And, you know, that's a miracle. But the thing that was... Thank you. Uh, I guess at first it started with deep sorrow because I had, I had abused the only vehicle that I've been given to get me through this life. And I felt really deep sorrow. It wasn't so much guilt and it wasn't so much pride in the beginning and ego it was just deep sorrow I'm really sorry it's okay to be sorry but then as compulsive people myself only reference point I have tend to do it got all jumbled up and and rearranged and into something that became so you know it didn't even resemble the sorrow and I couldn't forgive myself I knew God had forgiven me so I started with this bathing suit thing I had heard Lynn's body image workshop and it helped me a lot we all have a problem with their body image and you know the middle column of the three columns listening to what your friends say I I found out I I don't do that at all. I hadn't been doing it. I tried. I started writing it down because somebody would say something nice and what I would do is graciously say thank you and go right to something real fast so that my brain didn't have to even process it. And I I guess I, I don't know what I did in this weird insanity but it, it went from this sorrow from what I had done to my body to to pride and ego. And I I was having one hell of a time getting in a bathing suit. And somebody spoke yesterday and mentioned this about, you know, how how being the worst is is the same thing as having to be the best. And And the service thing, I've heard it. You know, God knows that if he just sprinkles a little on me that I'm not going to get it. He has to dump a whole load. (laughs) And so all week, and I've heard 
You, you can't refuse to serve. Everybody in my group knows I'm the most reluctant server there is because I might not be able to be wonderful. I may not be able to do it the best. There are other people who can do it so much better. Why should I make an ass of myself? Isn't that logic? But I guess the whole point of this, last night, yesterday afternoon, or sometime yesterday when somebody spoke and, and they struck that chord in me, it was Jean, and I... I, I I, I didn't have the courage to pitch, but I, I made the walk and, and made a mention. I made a commitment which I haven't, I, I haven't been able to fulfill be, to talk to someone. But you know what? I didn't have to talk to someone. Someone got up and talked to me today about the thing that I needed to hear. I went ahead and wore the bathing suit last night, and I, wa I walked around like this, and I had, I had my cover up, and I sat like this, and I, you know, why am I, why am I afraid here? This is where it's safe. Thank you for being there. Thank you, God, for recovery. Thank you for the program. It's saving my life. And I was talking to a beautiful lady in the pool last night and mentioning this. And she said to me, I believe in celebration. If you only have two, at, two days of abstinence during a week, rejoice, celebrate the two days instead of, you know, beating yourself up and being sad about the five. And I, suddenly it was like, you know, I have to have all these inputs. One's not enough. I'm a slow learner. I'm, you know, I am a remedial. I have to have the remedial course. <laughs> and suddenly this light went on and it said, Oh, yeah, God has given me 20 months, nearly 20 months of back-to-back -back gray sheet absence. And I'm concerned, not, I'm, I have the audacity to not be grateful for the 95 pounds that, that I'm maintaining the law. You know, I'm bemoaning a wrinkled, saggy, 48-year-old skin, what's the matter with me? <laughs> Just thank you for your love. Thank God there's an OA program. Thank God there's 12 steps of recovery. And one day at a time, together, we can make it. All these tall people. My name is Joy and I'm a compulsive overeater. I have a butterfly story and it's so exciting I can hardly stand here and tell you. Um, I, through this program, God brings miracles and I have a sponsoree, a baby, whose husband plays in a rock and roll band. And if any of you got to know me a little bit this weekend, you know I sing constantly and loud. And it's my favorite thing in the world, and I sing all the time. And even if I'm not singing out loud, I'm singing in my head. And it's been my fantasy, my dream, that I thought I would never get to do because I have always been fat, that I would be able to sing in a rock and roll band. Well, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Just to, to kind of say this, um, the reason it's going to happen is because God made my friend a compulsive overeater and brought her to the program and brought her to me as a person she thought she could relate to and asked me to sponsor her because if she were not a compulsive overeater, I don't think I'd have that chance. And I said, you know, we, just like you said, Lynn, um, you can say, I'm, I'm too fat, I can't do it now, I'll do it when I'm thin, I'll do it later, I'll do it in the next 10 pounds. And I said to her husband, who's a normal skinny, um, I'm too fat to sing in your band. And he said, I heard you sing before I saw your body, and I want you in the band, and I don't care what you look like. <laughs> and I wanted to scream, you know, I just wanted to scream, and I wanted to say, Bull. <laughs> and, but he really does want me in the band and he's asking me what I'm going to wear and he's telling me what to wear and this top was his idea and you know it, it's, it looks like a leopard I know but it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> and it's so much neater 
to say, okay, so I'm not skinny yet. I'm going to be up there on stage. And if somebody doesn't like it, they can walk out. I don't care. But you know what? Nobody's going to walk out on me. And even if they do, it's not going to be because I have 60 pounds to lose. And who cares? You know, I'm up there for me this time. I'm not out there to lose weight for my hubby or my mom or my sister because she's ashamed of me or any of that crap anymore. I'm out there because I love joy. Finally. Thank God. Hi, I'm Bev, a compulsive overeater. I've been saving this up all weekend. About two or three times, I was going to get up, and they ran out of time, so I guess I wasn't ready. But this morning, I sent over and got to it. Okay, Bev, now's the time. Uh, I just want to say, I've only been in OA, be three months next week. Welcome. Thank you. And there's two or three things I want to say. One, if some of you aren't sponsors yet, if you get a chance to be a sponsor, don't ever turn it down. And I just became a sponsor a little over a month ago. And the night that I became a sponsor, one of the girls says, well, maybe, says, usually nobody asks you to be your sponsor for a couple months. I, whew. you know, I, went, I didn't think I was ready for that. So that night, two girls came up. And I thought, hey, yes. And I thought, oh, boy, now what am I going to do, you know? And I thought, well, that's probably God's way of keeping me on the right track, too. So I says, okay to the first one, real enthusiastic. The second one came out. I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> well, I said, okay. And as it turned out, uh, one of the girls were ready, but the other girl was ready. And she's been a doll, and I stepped her up last Wednesday night. And I'll tell you, you get a lot more out of it, I think, a lot of times than they do. And it really helps you, and it helps them, and you're passing on what you got. And this weekend, everybody shared so much that I felt like I had to get up and I had to say thank you for sharing with me, and it's helped me so much. And I want to thank my family from Lafayette. <laughs> when I started away, I walked in there that night, and I thought, oh, boy, you know. That day I had battled with myself. I tried every excuse, well, I'm not going, you know. And I had told my friend, yeah, I'll, I told her, I said, you go and try it. If it works, I'll try it. <laughs> well, she just melted away, and I thought, boy, Beverly, you've done it now. So I went, and that night I knew. I came from a big family, but in the last three months, my family's expanded so much. And I can't ever thank you enough. And when you can walk into a room like I did last Wednesday night, I said, hey, girls, I said, I got my first pair of Levi pants. And, <laughs> and I, thought, I thought, gee, nobody could be more tickled than I am. But I spent all evening going around like this. <laughs> and they were just as tickled as I was. And that really makes you feel good because three months ago I tried to